Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. All right, guys, welcome back to the Agent Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Caffarella. As you guys know, our whole entire focus of the Agent Investor platform, the, the podcast, the Facebook group, is to help real estate agents get off the real estate roller coaster by investing in real estate. At Agent Investor, we have a saying that sales will make you a living, but investing will make you wealthy. And if you're like me, starting as a real estate agent, you probably got into real estate for the freedom and the flexibility that being an agent supposedly was going to give you. But like most of you and like me, you've kind of found out the hard way that you're running around 24-7, 365, not having as much freedom as you thought, and maybe not even hitting the financial goals that you thought that you were going to hit as a real estate agent. We've got a great guest on today. We've got a lot to talk about. I just wanted to you know, tell you guys a little bit about like what investing has kind of done for me. Because again, um, I got into real estate, running around with a chicken with my head cut off, not making the financial progress that I thought I would. But since I started investing, I've become financially free through investing in real estate. I fixed and flipped over 1,000 homes. I have an over 300 unit rental property portfolio. And I'm in the process of building a few hundred apartment units that the loyal listeners have probably heard a lot about. But um, today we have a great guest, Avery Carl, who's a real estate agent, has actually built a pretty substantial real estate team. Avery's focus is on short-term rentals. She's actually gotten up to 250 doors at this point in, get this, a five-year period without partners um, and, and doing this all in doing it more profitably because they are short-term rentals. And for those of you who are thinking about building a team or are struggling to build a team, Avery actually started building a team after she started investing in real estate. And investing is one of the reasons why she's being able to build such a successful investing team. And we're going to delve deep into how she's gotten to those 250 units and how she's used investing to build that team. So Avery, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. So I like to start off with everybody just kind of talking a little bit about your origin story. How did you get involved in real estate? Why did you get involved? And then what was the period where you said, hey, I want to start actually investing in real estate? So it's a good question. Uh, I started in the music business. I was working uh, as a marketing. So, well, I'll back up a little bit. I graduated college from University of Texas at like the worst time in the history of the world to graduate college in spring of 2009. And yep. I was a communication major, so super soft major. There just weren't jobs for me. So I'd been in a band touring all through college. So I just continued with that and bartended for the next few years. Uh, lived in Austin, LA, then ended up in New York. By the time I got to New York, things have, had kind of started turning around. And I said, okay, maybe it's time to go back, get a master's degree and, and get into um, a more career than a job. And so I said, oh, well, you know, music business will be perfect because I've already been doing music and then I'm going back to school for business. So great. We'll do that. And uh, my husband and I moved from New York City to Nashville. 
and I got a job working in the music business. And our real estate agent at the time, when we moved, was really trying to get us to buy a house in this super hip, fast appreciating area of Nashville called East Nashville. And we said, no, no, we are coming from Brooklyn to Tennessee. We want to buy a house out in the country. We are tired of neighbors. So that's what we did. And then we thought, well, man, what? There, there might be something to buying one of those houses. I was a huge like Dave Ramsey head at the time, not anymore. But I thought, well, what if we bought one of those and then rented it out and it paid for itself? And, you know, we're not having to come out of pocket for this. And by the time our future kids need to go to college, we can just sell it based on that fast appreciation she was talking about. And then it'll pay for our kids' college and we won't have to come out of pocket, which is the dumbest reason to ever invest. Don't ever invest based on appreciation. But we didn't know what we were doing. And yep. luckily, yep. the first house that we bought actually did have really good cash flow. It cash flowed just under $1,000 a month over the mortgage. The mortgage was only 647 bucks a month. So we did really well in that first one. And we got that first rent check. Um, and to give you a little context, I was making $37,000 a year in the music mm -hmm. business. So after they take all the stuff out of your checks, your insurance, taxes, all that, I was making about $1,000 a month. So with this one purchase, we had doubled my income and we saw how powerful that was, even though you know, it wasn't a lot of money at the time. And we said, oh, we need to do more of this. And then we actually started, we didn't even know it was called real estate investing at the mm -hmm. time. We started educating ourselves at that point. And we had a little bit of money left and we said, okay, well, what can we buy that's gonna make us the most amount of money the fastest so that we can buy more houses faster? So we landed on short-term rentals and we knew we didn't want to do it in Nashville because the regulations there are crazy. They're constantly changing, trying to get short-term rentals out of Nashville. And so we said, well, where can we buy something that it's the normal thing for people to go there and rent a house rather than a hotel? And we'd just been on vacation to the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. This is about 2015, I think. And that's about three hours east, four hours east of Nashville. And we'd stayed in a cabin and so did everybody else. And so we thought, well, somebody owns these cabins. Why can't it be us? Long story short, uh, there weren't all of these courses and YouTube channels and education tools then, and we kind of just figured out how to self-manage them ourselves from, from Nashville, um, scaled that from one to five over the course of about a year and a half. Five and a half years later, we have 250 doors. They're not all short-term rentals. Eight of them are short-term rentals, but they cash flow so much that we can just go buy, you know, whether you want a long-term multifamily or a bunch of single-family long-terms. We've got a little bit of everything. We've got eight apartment buildings, bunch of single-family long-terms and the eight short-terms. And um, in terms of building the team, I got my license after our second deal, really just so I could do our own deals and my husband is very much a New Yorker. And sometimes I would be like, you're being a little rude to our agent. I would prefer that you not do that. You know, I was just tired of having to manage those relationships. And I was like, well, I can handle him. I'll just get my license and we'll do this. And it kind of started from just doing our deals to friends saying, oh, you're making how much on that cabin in the Smokies? Yeah. I want one. Teach me how to do it. And then it ended up being, you know, real clients that weren't just friends of friends. And the team just kind of organically got built out of that. And I can go into some, I'm sure you have questions, but I can go into some specifics of that if you want. Yeah, for sure. No, it's it's interesting because I've had multiple people come on the show that have somewhat, everyone's story is different, but somewhat of a similar story to say, you start making all this money as an investor and people start looking around going, hey, how can I get a piece of that action? And all of a sudden you have a bunch of clients that you really probably weren't trying to get. And this is the part that 
I always stress to people, you know, agents that are struggling to sell homes, it's like to sell traditional retail, you're fighting tooth and nail for every single client. Not that you still don't have to do that on the investing side, but it's a definitely a, a different kind of like value proposition that you have there. So with, with that being said, just what was the impact that your real estate agent business had once you started actually investing in real estate and, and saying to the masses, like, hey, I'm actually making money doing this? So I would say that my real estate sales business really took off when I stopped trying to be everything to everyone. Yep. So I was trying, I, I was trying to sell cabins in the Smokies, which was four hours away. So I was, if I had a showing in the Smokies, I was getting up at 4 a.m., driving four hours, doing my day of showings and driving home to Nashville at night. So I was working really hard. So at the time I was like, man, I need to get some more primary home business so I can just stay here and not have to drive so far. And what I noticed after about seven or eight months was that the short-term rental clients were coming very, very easily and organically. And it was after I'd, I was working with a friend of mine's parents and they were moving from New York to Middle Tennessee, as many New Yorkers do. And um, they ran me all over Tennessee looking for a primary home or weekend straight. Like each house that they wanted to see was like three hours from each other. So driving and driving and driving and driving and driving. And after I'd spent probably a hundred hours with these people, her dad fired me because I didn't know where to find, this is not the right word for it, but I'm going to call it a serial number on a mobile home. Um, mm -hmm. It was their, their budget was super low. They were okay with mobile homes. It was like a $50,000 mobile home. And he fired me because I didn't know where to find the serial number. And so I'm driving home the three hours home because they ran me all over Tennessee. And I'm like, I just closed like 10 mm -hmm. investment properties yeah. in that are four hours away. And it was so much easier to do that than drive these primary home buyers around all over Tennessee for four weekends just to be fired over this. So then I, I was really worried and didn't want to what I call pigeonhole myself into being the short-term rental girl. But when I finally stopped trying to be everything to everyone and specialize in the thing that I was most familiar with, then everything just took off. Yeah, no, I mean, that's an amazing story. And it, it's really, um, it reminds me of a story. I went to a, a mastermind group that I'm in to pay a bunch of money for it. And I, I showed up and the the owner of, uh, the founder of Priceline.com was there. And these are all like high net worth investors that are all over the country. And he said, I've been talking to you guys. He was the keynote speaker. He said, I've been talking to you guys for the past, um, couple days getting to know a lot of you before I did my keynote speech because I wanted to see what I wanted to talk about. And he said very bluntly, he said, guys, I'm a billionaire. A lot of you are millionaires. The difference between me and you is that I was focused on one thing when I was building Priceline.com. I had a million other options. Everybody wanted to pitch me to build other businesses, this, that, and the other thing. And I rejected them all and I focused. And he said, all of you in the last two days, you're telling me about how you're doing this business and that business and that business. And that's why you're not at the next level of success. Um, so that's an amazing story and just something that we hear kind of all the time. And just the story about how they were driving you all over town and then firing you. Like I, I can think back to when I was an agent doing that stuff in like 04, 05, 06 and just having that same experience. And it's crazy because like, when that person fires you, I mean, at least for me, like I just felt so bad. Like even though that demand on you 
wasn't even realistic. Like in my own mind, it was just like, oh, I screwed up. Like this is disappointing. And that's kind of how like a lot. And again, I don't, I don't knock the retail business because I think it's a great business, but I also think like there's a better way to do things. So tell our audience a little bit, like just in terms of like in a year with your team, how many people, I guess you're helping put into short-term rentals, like around whatever number it is. And then I want to just ask you like, what type of effort that you had to put in to kind of get there? We average about a thousand a year, about That's a thousand. Insane. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a glitch in the matrix sometimes. And to be honest with you, I mean, it took an absolutely backbreaking, insane amount of work <laughs> to get to that point. But yeah, it's like you said, it's just turning down other things and and creating masterminds and things like that and and just focusing on the thing that I'm doing and um which is helping people buy short-term rental real estate and um it's just kind of gotten there organically like I said but it's 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 been a lot of work for sure. Well, let's say this cuz sometimes when here people hear a thousand sales a year, it's so far out of reach for the average person and you had mentioned, you know, is a backbreaking effort and stuff like that. What would you say to the person who's listening to this right now? And they do want to niche down, maybe do short-term rentals, maybe do, you know, a, another type of rental, maybe do fix and flip, whatever the niche is that they're going to choose. Like, what were some of the things, the 80-20 rule, where, like, it got you a lot of the results and maybe, maybe like, not the full effort? I would say being an investor myself for my clients went a long way because not only just with the initial knowledge, but the empathy of, okay... I remember how mm. scared I was in my first deal. And these people are really, really scared right now. And, you know, everybody turns into the worst version of themselves in a real estate deal. Yep. Um, so just being able to say, hey, listen, I was exactly as scared as you were. I I stayed up until 2 a.m. on closing day, wondering if I just ruined my life by buying this thing. And it, yep. it's gonna like, it's. I remember being that way. So um, just being able to have that empathy with them and, um also having the knowledge of managing a short-term rentals. And I mean, if you don't live in an area where I, I focus on regional drivable vacation destinations, but if you're like in a metro market, I mean, maybe you're focusing on helping people house hack. You could be the house hack agent of, you know, wherever you are, Cleveland, Ohio. And if you've done it, which really all you have to do is if you have ever bought a house and you move into a new one and you're renting your old one, hey, I'm a house hacking investor. No big deal. So you can build that credibility that way. So you've got the credibility, you've done it, people see that you've done it, but how are you spreading the word? Like, how are people finding out that Avery Carl and your team are the people to go to for short-term rentals in general? And then how does that apply to, you know, the average person on a niche down basis? So you would be surprised how small the little worlds are of people who even are interested in doing that type of investing. So I kind of, I came at it from becoming an expert in my space. So which was different years ago than it is now, um, you know, content, YouTube videos, Instagram videos, uh, and just even if you aren't necessarily the authority yet, just faking it until you make it, to be honest. Yeah. Well, um, you know, one thing that, you know, talking about like niching down and stuff like that, you really don't, at least, I mean, I, I have 350 agents at my brokerage and I, you know, follow agents all, you know, all across New England where I'm located. 
I don't think I've seen an agent in New England really niche down to say, hey, I'm the short-term rental person. So I think the important thing for the audience to understand about that is even if only 1% of all people want to do short-term rentals, you become the only game in town quickly. And you probably, you know, like you said, fake it till you make it. But you, pr- even if you've done one deal yourself and you start marketing out there that you help people doing it, because you're the only game in town, you don't necessarily probably need to be like the best as compared to the big pond of agents that have been doing this for a million years and have sold a thousand homes on their own and are, you know, true retail agents. You see that all the time. You see people posting videos, posting on Facebook, learning your home value, or this is how to get access to these particular properties. Click this link. And people see that all the time. So most people have five or six options in the back of their head for a regular traditional agent to use that people know a lot of agents, but do they know five or six or seven short-term rental agents? Probably not. They probably know zero. Probably. Um, And especially if you're going to try and do the short-term rental niche, uh, there's a lot of the 80% of agents out there, are what I call aunt Susie agents. So, you know, agents who maybe do three or four deals a year, they've been in the business for 20 years and everybody knows or has an aunt Susie who does real estate, but they might not be doing deals of the asset class that you want to buy often. So, uh, especially in the last two years, that really makes a difference. If you're, if you're choosing an agent or being an agent, uh, that has, done a lot of deals in that asset class. So what I want to know is it like, so if you hired an aunt Susie agent two years ago, when there were a thousand offers on everything and she might not have been aware that, Hey, you have to go like a hundred thousand dollars over asking to even be considered for this. So you might've not had any success because that agent doesn't have their finger on the pulse of the market. And they're still telling you to offer 20 under and see what happens. Same thing this year, but the opposite. So aunt Susie might've done two deals in 2021 when it was crazy. And then this year she's still telling you, Hey, you got to offer a hundred thousand over asking when you really don't, Mm. things have slowed down. You can offer under. So if you just become the agent who does that type of deal, then the clients will come to you because you are the expert by default of doing that because Aunt Susie agents are a dime a dozen. So we've talked about how niching, you know, you can become an expert and and really attract, even if it's a small segment, be kind of like the superhero in that segment. Um, How have you translated that into your team? Because again, haven't really heard too many teams that are focused on short-term rentals either. So you kind of niched into the team thing as well. Talk about that. I would say... I had a little bit of success my first few months of being a real estate agent. And I joined a big Keller Williams team in Nashville. And uh, they kind of dazzled me with, you're going to get so many leads and do all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm doing great on my own. Let me join this team. And um, it took me about two weeks to realize I had made a gigantic mistake. I did not quit my corporate job to go work in somebody's crappy office in downtown Nashville and make cold calls all day. That is not why I quit my corporate job. When I went, I, that has never left me. That experience has never left me. Um, and when I started getting, I always said I'd never have a team, that that was stupid. I would never make anybody make cold calls. <laughs> and so uh, then I started getting too busy and um, I, we had our first baby in 2018. So I wasn't, towards the end of being pregnant with her, I wasn't able to drive four hours because, mm. uh, you know, what if I started having the baby on the road? So I had to start hiring help. 
And I was really, really reluctant to like let go a little bit and delegate and let another agent handle my clients at all. But I noticed the more I, uh, not delegated, but the more agents I got that knew how to do it, the smoother everything ran and the more productive I could be. When, and when leads would come in and somebody would say, oh, you know, I've got a million dollar budget and I'd really want to just, oh, you know what? I'm just going to grab that one and help them myself. The more I just let go and stop doing that, the smoother everything ran and the more deals everyone did. A lot of times our past clients made the best agents because they've already been through the process with us. They already understand the mindset of an investor. So they know what the buyers are going to be feeling and, and what they're looking for. So I've... um. I've had a few agents who were already licensed who came onto the team, but were had an understanding of real estate investing. But a lot of our best agents are past clients. We've converted into agents for us. Yeah. And going back to kind of my intro on, you know, what do people, why do people get into real estate? People get into real estate. They think of freedom, flexibility, all that good stuff, financial, financial freedom. And what you've done with your team. And if you, you do the team thing, right. Now you're not the one driving all over town, doing all these different things. And you can become really, they call it sitting like in the owner's box and you're, you're running it as a business rather than being the employee of your business. And um, speaking of that, you know, we do have, um, that's all about systems and we do have a two day systems event coming up on April 12th and April 13th. For those of you who have not registered I would welcome you to register and try to do so as soon as possible because we only have seating for 250 people. And I know we crossed the 200 mark recently. Go to www.agentinvestorevent.com to register. It's a free event. Um, and you by going to www.agentinvestorevent.com, you can see more about the event. I wanted to interject at that point only because everything that Avery's talking about, no doubt, has a lot of systems behind it. And if you want to get to anywhere near her level, you need to have systems and you need to have people. Um, and you need to have people that can work those systems. So um, with, with that being said, you got 250 doors. You did it without partnering with people. And you mentioned to me before we got on that one of the reasons that you feel so passionately about short-term rentals is because of the difference between the amount of cash flow you get and the speed to which you got to those 250 doors. So for the people that are listening, that are thinking, hey, I don't know what type of investing I want to do. Give us your like elevator pitch on like why short-term rentals. Okay. I will preface that with, I don't think that, I'm not going to be one of those short-term rental guru people that tells you short-term rentals are the right and only way. And that's the only thing you should ever buy because they make so much money. I think they should be treated as cash flow turbochargers as a smaller part of any larger portfolio. So whether you buy them, I, th I think they're really good to buy at the beginning of your investing career because they can kind of catapult you like they did for me. But the pros are, you know, they make more money than a traditional long-term. So that particular first one that I had was kind of a unicorn. My current long-terms make about make me about 600 bucks a month in profit. Um, a comparably priced short-term makes me more like, mm, what is that? So 80,000 a year. What's that divided by 12? I'll tell you. Seven, seven-ish. Yes, yeah, 6,600 a month. Um, so same price and a little bit 
you know, quite a bit more money. Although they're not completely passive, you do need to self-manage them in order to really make that because the average property management split for short-term rentals is like 20, 20, 25%. The thing about short-terms is you can make similar income to owning an apartment building, but they're much easier to finance. So an apartment building, you have to go get commercial financing. You have to show them that you know what you're doing. You have to show them a personal financial statement. You have to do all these things. Whereas with a short-term rental, they're single family. So you can go out there and get a conventional uh, 15% down loan. So a lot of people don't know that the minimum down payment for an investment loan is 15%, not 20 or 25 if it's a single family. So you can go out there and get a 15% down 30-year fixed conventional loan and make the same amount of money as if you owned, you know, like a 20 unit apartment building that you had to put 25% down on. Um, that's an arm probably. So the financing is easier. You have more options in terms of it, with the whole multifamily world. It's a lot of relationships and knowing people and you got to know the brokers, whereas you could go out really not having any relationships as long as you have educated yourself on running a short term rental. And as long as you're familiar with the regulations of that market, just buy a house and start renting it. It's the easiest to get into, I think, for the most amount of cash flow. Yeah. So it's interesting because we've covered so much in really like probably a half an hour. And there's so many more questions I could ask you. There's so much more that that um that people that are listening need to understand. And I, I think. I want to just kind of stop here and pause and just kind of like to the people that are out there who just started investing or just started learning about investing, each and every guest that we have has a unique story and they're all successful. They all do a little bit different things. And I think the thing to kind of understand a lot of, a lot of times I hear people say, well, you got to just kind of like take, take a leap and, you know, just get started or whatever. But I I look at it a little bit differently. And I think that the first step to investing is getting educated. If you're thinking about investing in short-term rentals, Avery's somebody I would absolutely follow. And I would study all the content that she's putting out. Go down that rabbit hole. Uh, Short-term rentals might be the right thing for you and your clients. They may not be. You don't have to just jump in. Like Get educated first. Um, follow her, come to our two-day event. We're going to be talking about short-term rentals there as well. Um, How can people who want to learn more about short-term rentals and follow you do so? What's the best way? Probably the easiest way is to follow us on Instagram. It's at the short-term shop, or you can head to our website, theshorttermshop.com. Okay. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for jumping on. Um, You've got a crazy, awesome success story, shared a lot of great information today. And um, I know you're busy. I know you have a lot going on. You're selling a thousand homes per year and you've got 250 doors. So you probably had better things to do today, but I want to thank you for for jumping on. And um, we'll be back again, guys, next week with another episode of the Agent Investor Podcast. We're always going to feature super successful agents that have used investing to propel their careers and help them achieve financial freedom. Remember, guys, sales will make you a living. Investing will make you wealthy. And don't forget to register for our upcoming event at www.agentinvestorevent.com. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks again for listening to the Agent Investor Podcast. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show and leave a review, 
you are potentially changing someone's life. To get free weekly education, strategies, and to connect with other agent investors across the country, join our free Facebook group at agentinvestor.com. Again, that's agentinvestor.com.